0: Good morning to you all this morning. Thank you for receiving me again. <coughs> We're going to share a small reflection around the gospel today. When, when analyzing the historical context of Luke's gospel, we must always keep in mind this dual dimension. The time of Jesus in the Therese, and the time of those for whom the gospel was written in the 80s. These two times influence each in its own way the writing of the text and must be present as we try to discover the meaning Jesus' parables have for us today. The immediate literary context presents us two parables in the Gospel of Luke. According to them, they go around praying, first praying insistently and perseverantly with the widow and the judge, praying humbly and realistically with the Pharisee and the are different, these two parables have something in common. They tell us that Jesus saw the things of life in a different way. Jesus saw God's revelation where others saw something negative. For instance, he saw something positive in the publican who all say he doesn't know how to pray. And in the poor widow of whom it was said, she is so insistent that she even troubles the judge. Jesus was so united to the Father that for him everything was transformed into a source of prayer. Many are the ways we can express ourselves in prayer. There are those who say, I don't know how to pray. And they speak to God all the day. Have you come across anyone like this? I do. Luke introduces the parable saying, Then he told them a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. The words to pray and not lose heart appear frequently in the New Testament. This was a feature of the spirituality of the early Christian communities. It is also a point in which Luke insists, both in Gospel and in Acts. If you are interested in discovering this dimension in Luke's writings, carry out this exercise. Read the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. And write down all the verses where Jesus or others are praying. You will be surprised. I did it. I have two long lists that I bring today if somebody is interested. It's beautiful. The Gospel of Luke. Nineteen times I found some praying lectures. Acts 46. Beautiful. In daily life things. Jesus presents us two persons from real life, a judge who neither respects God nor persons, and a widow who will not stop fighting for her rights in front of the judge. The simple fact that Jesus presents these two persons reveals that he knows well the society on his time, and in our time also. Not only does the parable present poor people fighting in court to have their rights recognized, but it also shows us the violent contrast among social groups. On the one hand, an insensitive and irreligious judge, and on the other, the widow who knows which door to knock on to get what is owed to her. For a long time, asking the same thing every day, the widow gets nothing from the insensitive judge. Finally, the judge, even though he had neither fear of God nor respect for people, decide to pay attention to the widow and give her justice. The reason is to be free of this constant noisiness. A rather self-interested reason However, the widow gets what she wants. That is a fact of daily life. And Jesus uses it to teach us how to pray. Insistently. Without losing hope. Without giving up. Jesus applies the parable. You notice what the unjust judge has to say? now will not God see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night even when he delays to help them then he adds that God will see justice done fast were it not Jesus speaking we will not have the courage to compare God to a judge in their moral attitude what is important in this comparison is that the widow's attitude whose thanks to her insistence finally gets what she needs and wants. When we are quoting at the end Jesus expressed some some doubts. But when the son of man comes will he find any faith on earth? He says well we have to We have the courage to wait, to be patient, even if God takes time to answer us? That's a question for us. Will we have the courage to wait, to be patient, even if God takes time to answer us? In the middle of the silence after we pray, in our daily life, in our sickness, in the middle of a trouble at home or in the office, do we have patience? We need much faith to go on an insisting and acting when we see no result. Anyone who expects immediate results will be disappointed. Many of the Psalms speak of this hard and difficult insistence before God until he sees fit to respond. When quoting Psalm 80, St. Peter says that one day of God is like 1,000 years for us the gospel presents us a Jesus who prays all the time who lives in continuous contact with the Father Jesus only wished to do the will of the Father Luke is the one who speaks most of the prayer life of Jesus he shows us one Jesus who prays always Jesus prayed much and insistently and he was the son of God so that the people and his disciples too will do the same after he go to him. It is when facing God in truth that the person sees him or herself in its reality and humility. I find some of the moments when Jesus is praying, I already told you that, in Luke's gospel. 16 times. I'm going to tell you 8 of them. When he's twelve, he goes to the temple for praying. He prays at the baptist, and when he takes on his mission, at the beginning of his mission, he spends forty days in the desert praying. When he's uh, he's tempted, he faces the devil with texts from the scripture, praying. He spends the night in prayer before choosing the apostles. On a crisis, on a mountain to pray, he's transfigured during prayer. He prays and sweats blood in the Garden of Olives. When he was being nailed to the cross, he asked pardon for his tortures. He's praying. Don't you feel that it's beautiful? He's praying all the time. He doesn't give up, humanly. The list of quotations show us that for Jesus, prayer was intimately connected with life, with concrete facts, with decisions to be taken. To be faithful to the Father's plan, He sought to be along with Him, to listen to Him. In difficult and decisive moments of life, Jesus prayed the Psalms. Like every other devout Jew, He knew them by heart. Saying the psalms did not quench his creative spirit, rather Jesus invented a psalm. Which one? The Our Father prayer. That's a psalm also. His life was a constant prayer. At all times I do what the Father asked me to do, he says in John. That which the psalm says applies to Jesus. All I had done was pray for them. I finish with this comparison with the Acts. As in the Gospel of Luke, so also in Acts, Luke often speaks of prayer. The first Christians are those who continue the prayers of Jesus. I made also a list, and there were 46 times. There are several that I have listed here also, but of the community, not Jesus. Jesus is not there, no more. It's just the first community, the churches, like us. Let's let's go over the list of eight. The community perseveres in praying with Mary, the mother of Jesus. The community prays so as to know who will take the place of Judas. The community prays under persecution. They pray before imposing hands on the deacons. When he is dying, Stephen prays, Lord Jesus receive me, spirit, even in martyria. Paul is praying all the time in jail. Peter prays for the healing of Tabitha. And so, and so, and so. You do this exercise at home, you're going to find very nice, very good results. Finishing this, the list tells us two important things for us today. One, on the one hand, the early Christians kept the traditional liturgy of the people. Like Jesus, they pray at home among the family, in community, and in the synagogue, and together with the people of the temple. On the other hand, apart from the traditional liturgy, there appears a new way of praying among them, in community, and with a new content. The root of, the, of this new prayer comes from the new experience of God in Jesus. And from a clear and deep awareness of the presence of God in the midst of the community. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we are. Amen.